listening to another episode of Is It That Deep Though with Joy and Cynthia. We were just jamming to Tevin Campbell from um, the Goofy movie. Yes, I ooh, I love that song. It's I both love of them though. Both it's, of them, yes. that's true. Exactly, it's eye to eye and it's stand out. It's stand the, movie, out. the movie starts with stand out. Stand out. I won't go into it, but it's so, man, it is so good. I love a goofy movie. I think in my top five movies, that's one of my top five for sure. I try to watch it once a year. Um, Yes. (laughs) We were chatting and I was like, let's record because I wanted to say the (laughs) the part that makes me cry every time that I watch it. Oh, it's the part. It's literally the end when they do end up on stage with. Yes. What was that? What power, oh, power, power line. line? Yes. They end up on stage with power line and they're dancing and like his dad is dancing. He's doing his like reeling yes. the fishing pole like dance. And then they're like dancing with power line and they like do the back to back part. Yes. Like they get, and it literally makes me cry because I'm like, wow, like a father son connection has never been so pure. And so, it's so beautiful. Like we got to break down the fact that I mean, I re- recently rewatched it like a few months ago and it hits like these are the kind of movies that hit different as you get older and you yes. really realize like, damn, Goofy was just worried about losing his son. Like mm-hmm. his son's a teenager. He was just trying to like still have a relationship with him. Right. And then at, when he finally realized like it's not that what he needed to do, you know, Pete's dad or Pete, his friend, the big yeah, dog. The big dog. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, the I don't remember dog. his. The the son's name was PJ. I guess his name was Pete. He was telling him like, dude, what you got to do is be like militant. You got to order your kid around mm-hmm. that. My son respects me. And it's like right. that. That's not the right way to parent. And so when they got stranded, like in that river and finally, <laughs> finally got to talk and he finally heard his son say, you know what? I'm literally just chasing after a girl. Like I stupidly lied and I was just trying to fix my lie. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, we got to get you down there though. Cause I'm, I'm, I have your back. Let's, let's get to that stage. Let's get there. And then they yes. make it work and they're literally dancing and the best song ever is playing. Yes. Eye to eye. And the song literally matches up with the whole vibe. Like we are finally seeing things. Eye to eye. eye. If we listen to do this heart. Yeah, literally. Far apart and <laughs> man i to the point that like i mean i have like a gift that's saved from my computer i think i saved it to my computer in college and as i've like transferred computers whatever the same gift and it's max and goofy doing the eye to eye thing back to back the dance like, was lit the dance was everything like the uh, dance the song the song this is back when music didn't have to be about busting a nut or whatever i know bust a wide open for a real nigga it's like <laughs> no eye to eye father son and you know what's the best part about this whole thing good black representation because goofy Cause is black, black. Yes. they're black <laughs> they're black goofy is black it's a good black father he's a single black father he's a single just doing black his father best. exactly and you know the best thing is that what they leave us with is that even though goofy helped his son like keep up the lie like he was like let's get there let's do what we can to get you on stage mm-hmm. afterwards he's like you got to go tell your girl though that you yeah. lie yeah this is not how you build a relationship you can't mm-hmm. start on a foundation of a lie you need to go tell her that you never were planning to be on that stage it just lucked out that way like yes props to goofy the single black father <laughs> yes exactly keeping it real you know <laughs> promoting integrity it's good exactly <laughs> 
How was your week? My week has been pretty good. I was just checking along. I think one of the biggest things is, so I work in a hospital. I've mentioned it many times and it's an inpatient facility. And because uh, it's a state hospital, there's some things that they do really good in some areas of growth. I'll say that really nicely. One of the things that they do is every kid that comes in, they rapid test them for COVID. And if they're negative, they come in and stay. If they're positive, they have to quarantine and then come back. But a lot of the rapid tests like will get false negatives false negatives where you really are positive, but right. it'll present negative. Yeah. So my supervisor was like, we need to do a PCR test as well. And every kid, when they come in, cause so many kids have come in, they test them halfway through their stay and then they test positive. And then we have to either shut down the unit or turn the unit into a COVID unit. So we started doing that and it was working great. And then one kid, I guess, slipped through the cracks. Cause I remember overhearing him on the unit and he was talking about like, Oh man, this orange juice, miss this orange juice tastes, mm, tastes like water. I don't really like it. Oh, no. And I was just thought like, Oh, I'm sure the orange juice sucks because it's watered <laughs> down and like it's the food's not good. So I just brushed that off. And then <laughs> this morning they on the, the morning report, they were like, yeah, so Ricky Bobby got COVID. Like he tested positive for COVID. Oh, I was like, really? Nice alias. Yeah. Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get HIPAA. Do you um, remember the do the Ricky Bobby post, yeah, stop. post for, the for the frame? Ricky Bobby. <laughs> what were you doing then? What were you doing? What was the other one? Flex whatever. was another one. Remember Flex? Hit him with the Flex. Yeah. Long story short, with Ricky Bobby and he, he tested positive for COVID. And one of the nurses was like, yeah, as soon as he started saying the orange juice tasted like water, I was like, that's a red flag. And I was like, whoa, I definitely overheard that and just thought that the, the juice was watered down and tasted yeah. nasty. But he couldn't taste it at all. So that's why it tasted you like water. You were like, eh, budget cuts. Exactly. I was like, oh, okay, kid. Well, we'll see you later in group. He didn't come to group. He was sleepy. Another red flag. So. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, things are out with that. Other than that. Things are pretty straight. Just checking along, postdoc interviews, trying to get a job. Oh, all that <laughs> stuff. Trying to get me a job. Trying to get me a job. job. Y'all know how it is. I remember when I was like, Cynthia, how much are you going to be making when you're full in your profession? And you mm. were like, six figures. <laughs> I was like, ah! woo. I mean, like, it's just too much. It's It's literally... It's a lot. So, and the thing that's crazy is I was also talking with somebody about people who go into tenure track, like in academia and stuff. And there was this thread on academic Twitter where people were saying like they're starting salaries and tenure track. And some of them were like 60 K 70 K to be an assistant professor. Wait, is that bad? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. And I was like, like, cause like imagine being in grad school for six, seven, maybe eight or nine years to get a PhD. And then now mm. you're a university professor and you're starting at 65 K 70 K. I was like, that's a slap in the face. I'm fighting everybody. Mm. Well, if you don't have a master's, your starting salary is like 32K. So to me, it's like, oh, well, that's like twice what the rest of us with degrees that are just the basic four year level. Right. Where we come in. So, hey, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, I was literally thinking again about how college is such a scam. Like you at least the cheapest you're going to pay for like a four year college it's like a total of 40 grand. Mm. And that's like, if you pay 5,000 a semester, mm-hmm. who really has 40 grand just sitting around? Like most no of us in the U S are not rich. Yeah. So who? <laughs> no, none of us have it. Mm-hmm. And so we sign up for these predatory loans at 18. Cause we yeah. believe that with this degree, 
just four years is all it takes. Don't even work during these four years. Focus on school. Right. And you will get a good job that pays you not only enough to live, but enough to pay this shit back. Mm-hmm. And then you graduate and you don't even make enough to live. You got to get roommates. Right. <laughs> like all like your starting salary is like 32,000, 40,000. And it's like, I could have made this without going to college. Like, what and the loan like the whole loan system whatever thing is like the student loan thing is fucked but at the same time it still operates on that old school like oh you can get a four-year degree and be and be able to buy a house like that's what i think they can you can pay this shit off it's like that's what's so crazy it's just so that's why i i'm not going to talk about my student loan payment status because i feel like they be everywhere (laughs) i know if i I I say the wrong thing they'll flag my account I just keep it on. The, uh. But all I have to say is if when I had graduated, I my starting salary was like 60, 70 K, I would have been like, OK, let me get on my auto payment plan. Like, let's get this. Like, I would have been like, cool. Mm-hmm. I invested in myself with this loan. Let me be paying it back. But at this right. when you graduate and your starting salary is like almost minimum wage, it's like, well, I don't feel the need to pay back because this investment was like a scam. Like it didn't get me anything. Mm-hmm. It's taken me six years since graduating to make a salary where I'm like, I feel like I can relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I can relax and do things. I'm not, I'm just going to keep it that like just basic level, single woman standard of, of living. I right. finally hit that at 28. Right. And it's like, what and what's even sadder is the people that work with me don't all have degrees so yeah. it's like i work with people who have masters who make less than me mm-hmm. so it's it's all just kind of like arbitrary like it doesn't really matter whether you get a master's or whether you go to college if you have the proper hookup you can right. kind of get into a company i won't go into you know hue mm-hmm. of skin but like it's the whole thing too and like it depends on the industry but even within certain industries like even like those people who were like were making 70k as assistant professors i mean i lo- i mean if you're in grad school for 10 years that sucks working on a phd for 10 years only to make that amount of money it's not yeah. worth it no you're right you're right i didn't think of 10 years <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you got like a PhD in philosophy or some a waste of time, I mean, remember when we were talking about girlfriends last episode Mm -hmm. and you were like, Lynn being in school and just accruing debt and not working, it's not realistic. I know. (laughs) Then you were like, wait, actually. And I was like, let me turn the mirror back at myself. (laughs) Just look hard. (laughs) Who just goes to school for years and just years and like work on the same paper for four years. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm glad I have a friend who's in grad school so that I know that it is not for me because I I cannot do it. My week has been I am so overworked. (laughs) I'm so overworked. And I think I I need a vacation. I needed one like yesterday. I'm at that time of year where I've been working like five days a week for like months and just too much energy into work. And now I have a certain level of care in it where like I'm starting to feel like like my self-esteem relies on how well I perform at my job. I was in a good space when I came back from Hawaii because I was like, man, fuck this job. I don't care. Like (laughs) I wasn't in any sort of I was in a was I I think I was. No, I wasn't. I don't think I was in a leadership position at the time. Um, but I was just kind of like, I'm just here to clock in, collect my check and whatever. Like, I don't yeah. care. This doesn't matter. And now it's like I lead a team 
And there's a lot of projects, not a lot. I have two projects I'm working on. I have people on my team fucking up and like not doing what I'm training them to do. And I'm taking it personally because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you using the resources I've spent time creating? It's mm-hmm. pissing me off. Anyways, girl, let me not keep talking about work. Oh, wow. Outside of that, I've been, um, what have I been doing? I had dinner with a friend the other night, hmm. um, which was nice. We caught up on a lot of things. I binge watched Ozark season four, part one, all in like one night. I think. Oh, wow. Day. Yeah, my cousin pressured me to finish it because she was like, let's talk about it. And I was like, okay, I will watch all of it tonight and I will call you directly after. <laughs> Because she was like calling me like, what did you think? Like, I she was ready to talk about it. So I just yeah. went ahead and it's bad because it's like eating oh. a delicious decadent steak, but like shoving it down your throat because you like are rushing out the door rather than being like, nope, I'm going to savor this and mm-hmm. save the rest for later because it's mm-hmm. decadent. Ozark is such a good show. <laughs> I need to watch. I hate show. everybody on the show. Wow. <laughs> I'm rooting for the cartel. <laughs> Jason Bateman's in that thing, right? They what? Jason Bateman. He's in that show. Yes. Okay. That's all I know about it. And the cartel. Uh, yeah. Nobody else on that show is somebody that you would know or no. that's been in anything else that we would know. For but... some reason, I thought the mom was the mom. Well, I mean, not the mom on Becky, but she's not in that, right? No. Okay. Laura Linney, I don't know what else she's been in. I'm not that in tune with white culture to know mm-hmm. what work Laura Linney has. I get her 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 mixed up with that white woman who Laura Dern. Laura Dern? Is, oh that's yeah. yeah. That's her name. Is it Laura? I Laura? Lauren Dern? She, she was Laura. in Big Little Lies. Yeah. And she's been in other stuff too. I don't know. What's I don't it? watch enough white things to know. <laughs> I man. Blue Velvet. That's the movie that I was. I walked out of in in film school, but <laughs> she was in that. Oh. Yes. It wasn't anything against the movie. I just thought it was weird and I was really tired. These mm. film schools be having you come in at eight o'clock to watch a movie. I'm like, don't be shocked when I leave early because I'm tired. Like, yeah, I, don't... I just sleep through the whole. I promise you, I would have slept from the moment <sighs> it started to the credit roll. All of the, the film school is literally, especially like UT film is film schools, all just about white movies. So like mm-hmm. 90% of them, I was like, I don't care about this. Like, this is boring to me. I'm not interested right. in it. While you're listening to all of these like nerdy douchey guys, like there's a type of douchey that's like nerdy. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you're not like wearing axe spray and like playing flag football, but you're like sitting in front of your computer scrolling through reddit all night like mm-hmm. that kind of guy that's like i know every- smarter exactly. yes where they're like this shit is catered to me and i know more than everybody and i'm gonna talk with this air of arrogance because like mm-hmm. i basically know all of this shit like okay what do you i honestly it's, it's interesting to think like what are y'all doing now because <laughs> The truth about the film industry is knowledge does not matter. <laughs> it right. does not matter what thesis is, theses you've, yeah. you've written. <laughs> it doesn't matter what books you've read. It doesn't matter if you've watched every one of uh, Darren Aronofsky's films or uh, who's the dude from Tree of Life. I can't really think of any like obnoxious white directors that oh, obnoxious I'm white just... dudes now because I just don't, I have not really seen their movies. I'm trying to remember just Terrence, people have Tarantino, jo- Joe Swanberg, it, oh. like all of these directors that kept coming up because mm. these white guys felt so like seen and so like this is where we shine. 
This is where we shine. This Being is aware of these past people's work and knowing all of this pointless information is pointless. It does not get you anywhere. It does not fucking matter. What matters in the film industry is who you know and how much money you have. That's right. literally all that matters. If exactly. nothing else matters. So, And that's how, yeah, whatever. And that's why it keeps it It's all to itself. So this Oscar so white nonsense that happened is not going to change anything and it hasn't. Right. I mean, but that's why I admire the Ava, Ava DuVernay's and people like that, because I'm like, yeah, how did you get to where you are? Because to be a director, you have to have put money into your own work. I mean, unless, again, you're rich and you have parents who can fund your work or you have connections. So you've already pitched something and a studio has picked it up. Um, people like Ava DuVernay, like you're making your own work and submitting it to festivals and you're financing the shit yourself. You're working all these odd jobs or whatever to pay for your next project. And you have no promise that it's going to go anywhere. You're just submitting it and hoping for the best, even like the crew that you can afford. Like who can you really afford to work on your set when you are paying for it yourself? It's just a lot. It's a lot. So I have a lot of admiration for people like that. So let's get into our pop culture. Our topics. Topics for today. So I don't know if you are aware of who Tasha K is. I am because of this whole Cardi B situation, but only because of this. Yeah. So, okay, just so, okay, before you say anything, is she like a Jason Lee or not? Well, Jason Lee has like a panel and a website, like a blog. Okay. So, So, no. Jason Lee is like, if the shade room had like a show on YouTube as well. Oh, okay. if the shade room had a podcast as well as a website and like a face to the name, like the namesake of everything, even though like, you know who the shade room person is. Yeah. Like Angela, she's Nigerian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's doing the devil's work. She's like dies for war. It's like, get your money, but also you are doing the devil's work. <laughs> but um, anyway, so Tasha K is a YouTuber who she got. I mean, she's only ever been like a gossip YouTuber. You know, she talks about what's going on in the blogs, you know, reality TV stars, celebrities, just whatever. She used to have like the format of her just drinking wine and talking to her camera. Mm. Um, her her YouTube channel is called Unwine okay. with Tasha K. Okay. Yes, she would drink wine and kind of seem a little drunk and like just she was really funny and whatever. Talk about celebrities. Yeah. Um, but as she's gotten more attention and more money coming in, more clout, more endorsements, she's able to like garner interviews, at least with reality TV people. Mm. Um, she's interviewed like people from Love and Marriage Huntsville or people, you know, related a mistress from Love and Marriage Huntsville. She <laughs> interviewed people from just like kind of like C-list reality TV shows like yes, uh, Growing Up Hip Hop. Yeah. And uh, the boyfriend of a friend of the show from uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. So anyways, when there's like a big scandal in like the black reality TV world, yeah, she is really good about getting those people to come on her show because they know that she has like hundreds of thousands of guaranteed views. So rather than posting on their own channel, it's like I can go to her and I know people will watch this. Right. Anyways, she apparently since 2018 or maybe before has had some weird obsession with Cardi B. Um, the thing about Tasha is after a while, she kind of just like didn't care about whether something was true or not. And she would just she didn't care if the person she had on spilling the tea 
was a reliable source. Like mm. she just literally would have people come on and just say whatever and ask them questions about it. Like she's had uh, in relation to Cardi B, she had like this woman named Storm Marie. who was I initially, that. Yeah, initially yeah. listed in Cardi B's lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, who went on and was like confirming that Cardi B like did drugs or was a mm-hmm. prostitute or all this stuff. And it's like, how, what evidence did this lady have? She had nothing right. and she was lying. But Tasha K brought her on anyways. And apparently in the year like 2018 alone or something like that, she had 40 videos like on Cardi within a year about Cardi oh, and about geez. the specific lies she was, say- was saying were like Cardi B has herpes. She was spreading that like wildfire everywhere. She was saying Cardi B uh, did drugs when she had her first child. Whoa. She was saying Cardi B was a prostitute. Like she was saying these things like they were facts and she was constantly reiterating them and making videos about Cardi B, knowing that, you know, this is a huge celebrity. Cardi B is like an A-lister. Right. Um, You know, I feel like A-list is usually used to refer to like actors, but she is like at the top of the celebrity food chain. And so knowing that if she talked or mentioned or put Cardi B in her title, that she was going to get hundreds of thousands of views, which turns into so much revenue. So she did it on purpose, knowing it was lies just to make money. And so finally, Cardi B in 2018 or 2019 was like, I'm so tired of these lies being spread. Like, I'm over it. I'm just going to have to file a lawsuit because I can't beat your ass. So I'm going to take it to court. And so finally this year, in the last few weeks, it went to court mm-hmm. um, and Tasha K lost. Wow. And apparently she like explicitly owned up to the fact that she knew the shit was lies and mm-hmm. said it anyways, that she knew that the guests she had on wasn't reliable and she had her on anyways, that she actually, you know, because with her interviews, she records them editing scheduled releases. Right. She actually pushed up the day of release because she knew that some news was going to come out to show that her guest was lying oh, or wasn't reliable. So she released that video like a day earlier. Mm -hmm. These are things that she owned up to and that they have evidence of. So it's like, and so the the lawsuit was about defamation and about like malice. And those are typically really hard to prove. But like when it literally, the lady said, I lied and I I was lying. So they had so much evidence against her. And all she could do was try to prove that Cardi B is not a good person. Look at this time that she called a black woman a roach. Yeah. Look at the time that she called this lady's, you know, deceased child a monkey. Mm-hmm. Look at the mean things that she has said. Wouldn't anyone believe that she might be a prostitute or that she might whatever because uh-huh. of past things she said on her? Yeah. Did you know that like Cardi B literally had to get tested for herpes because of this case? Really? Because to prove that like this lady has continuously lied on me, you have to prove. Yeah. Yeah, the right. number one thing is a lie. I have taken right. the test. I do not have herpes. Wow. Like such an invasion of privacy. But it was all worth say. it. It yeah. was fucking worth it because she won. And now Tasha K has to pay her. Like, I think the last number I heard was $3.8 million. You're kidding me. $3.8 million. Damn. In like pain and suffering and in punitive yeah. damages. She has to pay back Cardi's lawyer fees. Damn, that's a lesson. Yeah, these are lawyer fees spanning a few years. So yeah, it's right, like millions. Does she even have? She doesn't even have that much money. She can't. Poss- she she you cannot possibly have that. have that sitting anywhere. She Not doesn't have it. On a she's YouTuber? gonna be. <laughs> she's gonna be on a payment plan. Uh, yeah, if you do the math, wow. three point eight million 
over 30 years. Oh my God. And then you divide that by like 12 months to see how much she would pay yeah. each month. That's at least 10 grand a month. Oh my that God. she will be paying Cardi B for 30 years. What? Which, you know, 10 grand to Cardi is like nothing. But to somebody who is like us. Who don't and, got it. Yeah. I mean, Tasha K, Tasha K is not like us. She, I mean, at that stage of being a YouTuber, because she has like almost a million followers. Okay. You've got to be. And she nets like, I mean, her videos pull like hundreds of thousands of clicks and views yeah. because she's just very salacious. Right. She has to make at least 50 grand a month doing YouTube. So she has that. She has 10 grand, but it's like, that's money that could have gone towards your kids. And right, like, exactly. So 20% of your monthly yeah, salary is vacation. going to Cardi B. The person you hate so much, because obviously to make this many videos, you have to hate her. Apparently oh, she got yeah. on this. She got on the stand and was like, Cardi B doesn't deserve fame. <laughs> and like the law, yeah, the right. judge told her lawyer, like your client is literally proving malice right now. Right. So you're not doing a great job. <laughs> Dang. Because the whole point is you're supposed to prove it's not that I hate you or I'm trying to ruin you. It's right. just that I honestly thought it was true. Like, how right. was I supposed to know? Like, ugh. but instead, it's like if you're talking so much shit about her on the stand, then obviously you there was malice here. Like, right. Was she, she present in the fame. courtroom? Or Both no. of them had to take the stand. Dang. Both oh of them had God. to take the stand. Cardi B apparently was like, I've had to like go to therapy or no, she said something like it made her like not want to be alive. Oh, wow. That it was like very dark for her that she, you know, if she kissed her daughter on Instagram live. People would be in the comments like, mm-hmm. you're going to give that baby herpes. Like you can't mm-hmm. be kissing your like things like that. Like it was following her around. She felt weird having sex with her husband. Like, I mean, I can feel it because it's like if somebody's lying on you so egregiously hard. and yeah. hard, I would almost be like, I Damn, feel she's weird. The truth. Yeah, because then like, you start to double think. You'd be like, well, shit, what's going on? I mean, I would think that she would have gotten tested before. Why wouldn't she just kind of silence these by, I mean, but you don't even want to give them that, do you? You like, don't even need to do all that, yeah. You don't need to get tested and post on your Instagram live, uh, look at my tests, I'm no. neg- like, that's that's, that's doing bad. too much. Because then they're going to say it's fake. Like, they'll say it's fake anyways. Yeah. So don't even bother, because they'll still be like, you kind of printed that out. How do we know that's real? How do we know that's yours? Like, it's it's just very dumb. So I think this is going to change the culture of like, I, gossip bloggers. You can't, you need to be putting that allegedly on everything 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 like Jesus and Mero is like allegedly 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 like you got to sprinkle it on all of it because yeah like I want sprinkle it like paprika on everything literally (laughs) just like put a little parsley of allegedly on top of your allegedly they literally do that on their show they're like allegedly allegedly and then they have the (laughs) sprinkle fall down from the from the visual but like yeah because it's like I I mean I don't I know you don't like lovely tea I still look no I don't not like her I just didn't like that one thing she said so I stopped listening to her oh okay I thought you didn't like her I like her and one thing and she's like cool with Cardi B apparently like Cardi watches her stuff and they when she mm-hmm. got on Instagram she like communicated with her yeah. and she's like yeah I don't post anything unless I have receipts I research things like I'm not trying like this is my job like mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a journalist but I take this shit seriously exactly because it's your credibility it's your credibility and that's why people still watch her because like the things that she posts are like correct and if they're not she's like I don't have all the information Mm-hmm. but allegedly it's being go- it's going on and stuff like that yeah i like her because i'm attracted to the youtube channels of like black people but particularly black women who are like down to earth and mm-hmm. like de- matter of fact and practical yes. like yes that are very much like you know they have what they have to say is like 
full of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like one thing she said, and I was like, okay, I don't like this. What like, was the thing again? Or was it, so, it was something that like was just all? It was just yeah. It's something, something that she probably thought was a joke, but I was like, girl, fuck you. Because <laughs> so oh, back, I remember it. Yes. Ivy Park. Yeah. That yes. So that I'll go ahead and explain this since now we're just kind of talking in code. But oh, yeah. back when Beyonce released her latest Ivy Park release or whatever through Adidas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all fitness wear, mm-hmm. um, active wear or whatever. And so the sizes at the time only went up to like, 1x or extra large or something like that i think extra large yeah so a lot of women online were like damn like i would have loved to like have bought something all i can get is like socks Mm -hmm. or a hat like i would have i really wanted to wear ivy park i guess it's not for me Mm. then a lot of them are tweeting that because it's like do you know how many people love beyonce who are plus size like why would she and so um this was a topic of the internet. So Lovely T was talking about it and she yeah. she was like, y'all don't work out anyway. So what did this? She was like, y'all don't work out anyways. You just go to Walmart, get something from yeah, there. And I was like, how, like, I was like, are you serious? Like I know. the double, the, the fucking hypocrisy of everybody is always telling plus size people, y'all need to work out. Right. Y'all are so big. Y'all are fat. Go work out, work out. And it's like, so we want to work out and these clothes are cute. We want them, but you're telling right. us we're not deserving of them. You're telling us one, we don't work out anyways, but you're telling us we should, but we don't do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And at the same time telling us we don't deserve nice workout clothes. We should just go to Walmart and just wear that's, Walmart. That's the best that we should be able to access. Like, how can you say, and at her age, like she's a grown ass woman, like she's yeah. gotta be pushing 40 if she's not 40. So how yeah. she could just say that and just kind of like blow it off. Like y'all don't work out. And I'm like, you're not even thin. So like, how can you, do you know that to, do you know that to like some people, they would look at you and say you're plus size. Like yeah. how dare you have this air of like, of superiority. Like, I mean, that's, I feel like a lot of people have this thing about like, they are privileged and yeah. they exert their privilege over other people and don't even fucking notice it. Right. Every black person knows that white people have privilege over them. Right. Every woman knows men have privilege over them, mm-hmm. but like, then people don't often recognize I have privilege over plus size people. People right. who are like medium size don't realize I have privilege over obese people like right. or, or more plus size people. I don't feel like obese is a nice word, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Able-bodied people don't realize yes. I have privilege over like disabled people and are handicapped. What's the proper word? <laughs> oh, yeah, disabled. Okay, that's not offensive. I think handicap is offensive. But disabled sounds like you're not able to do things. <laughs> well, I don't know. Able-bodied. Give it a give it a week. Give it a few months. Somebody's gonna be like, we are uh, actually the. I don't even. You can't say challenged. All the social the- workers out there, please like message me and let me know the correct language because I can't I, message you because they don't know how to reach us. Telepathically, <laughs> just please let me know. Disabilities, person first language. Oh, I don't even know. I'm not but sure. The, the, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, it's cool. The, the whole point is just that people are quick to forget that they have privilege and often exert that privilege yes. when they're punching down and laughing at people they don't relate to who are, mm-hmm. you know, viewed worse in society than they are. Right. Okay. Um, we can talk about. Yes. Oh, we. so did you finish cheer? 
I did. Okay. We never got to talk. We were watching it together when I visited you. Yes. And it was good. I thought I just love the storytelling. It's one of the best docuseries I've ever seen. I agree. I was like, they really put their whole foot in this thing. Like it was excellent. I don't know how they find so many people who are struggling. Is it just college kids are all struggling? I don't know. <laughs> because like, I mean, it was to their advantage. But I was like, dang, everybody on this team lived in a trailer park. Like, I know everybody's like this- poor. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, it's the school of the middle of nowhere in Texas. That's true. Of course, rich people, rich people don't choose to be in the middle no. of nowhere in Texas just no to one- fucking cheer. Like, right. I feel like the whole point is that a lot of the kids on the team, if not all of them are like full ride scholarships. Like they're there on cheer scholarships because they're so good. Mm -hmm. Um, And because they're so good, they, you know, they, they end up going to nationals and getting first place. A lot of the Mm -hmm. time this in season two, you know, they brought along a whole, another squad. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember their school girl. TSVD. Yes. um, Trinity Valley. Sure. Yes. Trinity Valley versus what's the name of the school of the main Navarro. There you go. <laughs> Did I watch? <laughs> Just I was about to say. <laughs> um, yeah. So in this season, they also had a new school called Trinity Valley that they were depicting. They like focused on three people from the school, their yeah. back- backgrounds and everything and about their their journey to nationals and how Trinity Valley and Navarro have really been one and two for like the past 10 years. It seems like yes. um, they're rivals. They're just both in Texas. How are they both in Texas? So is this national competition just schools in Texas? No, it's the whole, it's national. The whole nation. (laughs) (laughs) The whole national. So it's nationals just for Texas? Um, it is nationals. So Very that would be thing to say. Because <laughs> I'm like, why are the first two schools in Texas? Like, wow. I don't know. And anyway, why is it also like, yeah, anyway, I was just going to say, like, I find it, I remember when I first started watching, I was like, oh, it's interesting that they're both like junior colleges too. Mm-hmm. Like, not like Texas Tech or some big things too, yeah. but I think there's different divisions. But I think, yeah, this was, they're in the division for junior colleges. The yeah. child, they act like it's like the league yes. of like top cheer teams across all of the big universities. It's literally like the junior college league, but yeah, the, I get it. The stories are great. Like, I'm right. glad and that they're good. Focused. They're good at cheering and it's so they get hurt. Like it's kind of scary seeing them like toss people in the air. And I'm like, they could easily not catch them. And sometimes they don't catch them. Yeah. And they say boom on the ground. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. And so a lot of people, when I looked at the, you know, I'm always in the Twitter hashtags. Like, what are people saying about this? A lot of people were like, we don't care about Trinity Valley. Like, I literally don't care. I skipped through all of their segments in the show. Like, I don't care about any of them. What is that girl's name? Jada or Jade? Jade Jada. Or Jade, I can't remember. Jada, the main girl from Trinity Valley. They're like, she seems like a bitch. Like, I don't like her. I don't care about this school. Some people were saying like their school's homophobic. A lot of people were saying uh, their coach had like bad sportsmanship mm-hmm. because of that game, that basketball game where they won. And they yeah. like, he got on the megaphone and was like, ah. <laughs> All of, they're like, that's such bad sportsmanship. You're teaching your team. Like, y'all are so horrible. I saw people. So, you know, the chant they had where they were like, who is the team that has, we can, we will, we must, we can, we will, we must. That's Navarro, right? I think it's Navarro. Yeah. Yes. So the other team, Trinity Valley has one that's like, like, um, and if the world like doesn't agree, yeah, we fuck them. We know like we are, we or like, like champions are we something like yeah, that. Like, yeah. 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 Like, 
I haven't seen it in a few weeks. It's been a while. But <laughs> anyways, people were taking that to mean that they were saying, and if the judges don't agree, fuck them. Like, oh, they have such bad sportsmanship. And I was like, no, they actually oh. said the chant is actually a really great mantra for life. Like they're basically saying we're the bomb. We think so. And if no the world doesn't what. agree, mm-hmm. fuck them. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the best. <laughs> Not rhyming. I don't remember the chant. <laughs> we are the best. It's a fun and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, when they want, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you knew what this was. Once I said cheer, you should have known I was going to talk about the details. They won, and so they updated the chant to say, and since the judges did agree... Yeah. We love them, yeah. you know, and people, so people were like, so when you didn't do well the first round, you said fuck them, but then when you finally did great the second time, Girl, yes, said, yeah. and it's like, that's not what they were saying. It wasn't <laughs> about the judges. It, I was like, these are kids, honestly. To I me, if you're that. like 18 to 22, you're kind of a kid. So yeah, oh yeah. I'm like, why are y'all being so harsh? Like these right. people just came here to cheer. Like mm-hmm. not even, they don't even really be caring about school like that. They, they, they were, cheer like, yeah. And they're just doing their best. They're doing these tricks that you could never in your life do. Like you don't yeah. know what it takes to do what they're doing. And they're pumping themselves up with this, you know, familyhood, not yeah. brotherhood or sisterhood, but a oh, family, yeah. a familyhood and like mm-hmm. pumping each other up. And you're going to say, I don't care about that. I don't want to see that. I don't like these people. Look at their bad sportsmanship. It's like, when, when is the last time you played a sport? I know. When's the last time you were, you were actually like active? Let's be right. real. When's the last time you were on a team? Right. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just, people just be so entitled when they and watch shows. stuff to say stuff. And I remember being shocked too when I saw all that Trinity Valley hate. Because if I'm thinking about it, I feel like the real, like the underlying story with everything is like, okay, Navarro, got really famous because they were in the first season. They, you know, all that stuff. And now they're like, time is being preoccupied by like being on Ellen and like, you know, mm. what's her face going off to be dancing with the stars and like people doing all this type of stuff, doing cameos. I was on cameo randomly. I don't know why I was on cameo. What? Is that an app? Or yeah, it's an, it's an app where like people can like, you can, I know what it does. I just okay, didn't, yeah. it was an app or like a website. Oh, I guess that was on the website because I don't have I don't have that. <laughs> but I saw um, Ladarius's and his was 150 bucks. And then I saw Anthony Anderson's and his was two hundred dollars. Like Ladarius's is only fifty dollars cheaper than Anthony Anderson. Why does the, Anthony I, Anderson I know, that's, have a? That's <laughs> that, but, to me, but, cameo makes sense for people like the people on Cheer because it's like they need yeah. the. It's like scratch, like two hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars. You know, like you're Anthony Anderson. You're on a show where you garner tens of millions of dollars a season. Why are you asking for two hundred dollars? Because when I saw him on, I was like, oh, that'd be like a funny, stupid thing to do. Like get someone to Anthony. And then I was like, he's like, not even worth it. Like it's funny. And see, Cameo, I've never used it. I've never yeah. received one or set one. But I like the idea of like getting mm-hmm. to pay like Shangela or like, yeah, you know, somebody from like reality TV, yeah, somebody or something. Somebody who's not like a celebrity, but like yeah. they're on reality TV and your friend loved them on the show. Let me just mm-hmm. pay for this person to call my friend and be like, oh, hey, girl, your friend said it's your birthday. Get your groove on. That's cool. But like a bona fide celebrity, like yeah, I wish I, I would have like uh, Kate Winslet send a fucking <laughs> cameo to my friend. Yeah, love. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, love. Happy birthday, love. Absolutely. Uh, Got it. be there. <laughs> four hundred dollars <laughs> oh i like what number can you charge i don't even for your time like for uh, anyways 
anyway, the season is just so perfectly the narrative of them. Yes. You know, they tease the Jerry thing. Mm-hmm. They start off showing us like what you said that the Navarro team they kind of got big heads now. They're right. doing Buick commercials. They're mm-hmm. doing all these commercials. They're doing cameos. They're sending their social media stats to like yeah yeah agents or whoever. Like they're making so much money and getting so much exposure that they're not really focused on cheering. Like, right. I mean, at some point I thought that the coach was going to be like, so we told everybody, you know, we're in serious cheer season. Like we have a competition, no more interviews, like cut the cameras dead ass on all of that stuff. (laughs) Like we are focused on cheering. She said, we're just not flying out. They come to us. And I'm like, what? Like you're not focused. And the fact that, so anyways, um, all that stuff happened covid hit mm-hmm. he goes and joins dancing with the stars and yeah. this is like the first half of their season right like, i was like what like i get it i get being like oh my gosh i've loved this show it's my dream right i, I can't pass this up it's like literally a once in a lifetime opportunity right but it's during your team's cheer season when they are working on the routine and you're not there because you're Right on TV, and people came in specifically to like work with Monica. Monica. Exactly, like, it's like when those you... when those freshmen or whatever was like, yeah, we came here to like you know be with Monica and work with her, and now we're just like, uh, Jebs, like, what are we gonna do now? I mean, the fact that they tried out for her and she was like choosing people, right. and then it wasn't until right before the season started that she's like, okay, y'all, I won't be here. It's like mm-hmm. you just scammed us into coming to this middle and nowhere ass school because we thought right. we'd be training with you and we're not cool. Like it just felt like to me, like, do you know that this is your, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Cause if my job, <laughs> if I could be on a show, like, I mean, I would never want to be on dancing with the stars, but if something oh, yeah, like no. that, that I really respected came along, obviously I'd be like, fuck this job. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just didn't like that. And then, of course, during that time is when the Jerry news hits. Yeah, yeah. And they go ahead and have a whole last episode about how did you feel about that episode? I'm glad they did it because that's that satisfied all the curiosity I had about Jerry, because I thought they would just do the little teaser like they did in the beginning and then allude to it throughout the season and never really hit it. But when they did really? I thought that's what they were going to do, because it's also kind of I mean, it doesn't reflect on the team, but I would fe- I would. I would not be surprised if they thought that if the team and the producers thought that, so they were not going to, it's like a hush hush type of thing, but they didn't, they dedicated a whole episode mm. to it. They even brought in the twins that are the, mm. the victims yeah. and their mom. Two of the victims. Anyway, two of the victims. And their did mom. you, did you think that they should have cut Jerry out completely? Cause I, I don't know how it works of how much he got paid for this episode. Yeah. I think or honestly, for the show anyways. Yeah. I think they should have cut him out completely. I also, I think so out of, out of respect for the victims, I get why they kept him in because he was so loved by the team. He was, he was like a really huge part of the show and everything, but I'm trying to think super objectively, like, I don't know. And it wouldn't, would it be that hard to cut him out? Especially the talking head pieces. Like, I mean, they took out like all of his interviews. I don't really, he had like a couple that they kept. I think to me, I think they needed to keep him. I liked, I think they did it perfectly because mm-hmm. it let's not ignore the problem or pretend right. it doesn't exist. Right. Like if they had just cut him out, maybe some people would have been like, good, but other people would have been like, so you're just going to act like he didn't, you know, or to like, cut out his talking heads, not cut out his episode or talking about him. 
Like well, a lot of people think that he shouldn't have been in this season at all. Like, he oh, shouldn't have... I don't think that. I'm glad they did a whole episode about him. Oh, so but when yeah. you said that you kind of wish he hadn't been there, what did you mean? Like, you know how like in the first episode, it was like clips of him like mm-hmm. on mat and doing stuff. And then the last episode, it's when they were talking about like Navarro changed my life or whatever. They had like a little thing with him. I mean, besides you can't come out of the group scenes with those like small talking head things. I wish they took those out. Okay, but you you liked that they had the full episode and you yes. think it should say. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it was building up. Like mm. the whole point was I mean they they started off teasing the the yes. the big thing. So it's not like they didn't have any indication that they were going to talk about or that he was actually this whole predator like right. it's not like they acted like everything was normal and then hit us with the truth like in episode 5. It's like they showed us we're about to show you the downfall of this person, mm-hmm. but rewind back to like where we left off. Right. We're going to not put him because, you know, they were going to put him in so many fucking scenes. So, yeah, very much obvious that they cut a lot of him out, but they kept enough so that it's like you're still reminiscent of this is the guy we thought we knew the guy who had the mat talk. Oh, my gosh. If I had like five dollars for every time they said, give us a mat talk. I know. Can you mat talk me? I was like, how did he not like punch anybody in the face right after the 10th time i would have been like i don't do that anymore like my voice my voice is sore i literally cannot just be doing that every time people ask like Mm -hmm. it's not happening but he did so much and you know again you believe that he was a sweet amazing person he actually got more opportunity out of this show than anybody like way more else oh yeah he was the main he was the superstar even with gabby butler who was like the top i know she's honestly they tried they keep trying to make her happen like acting like she was one of the big people from the show and i'm like she was the least interesting person from the show to me but yeah he was the fan favorite he was the most like they had him on red carpets they had him talking to the president they had him he met brad pitt like he was doing all of the shit all of this shit and threw it away because he is perfect. Like there's something wrong with him. Like, so anyways, episode five is when they finally explain, you know, they had teased how Monica, you know, had found out she found out while she was on dancing with the stars, she ended up catching Mm -hmm. COVID and she was just so deeply depressed. Mm -hmm. We see the reactions of his teammates, you know, like I don't remember their, all their names. One of them was kind of like, just stunned. Like, I wish I would have seen something or like i could have stopped him or maybe gotten him some help like i don't i don't know how i didn't know Mm -hmm. um ladarius is like no fuck him like he knew that i was abused as a kid like Mm -hmm. fuck him and then gabby butler is like in tears yeah (laughs) like i I can't turn my back on him because he was there for me at milo it's like i can't turn my back on him and it's like maybe you don't know the extent to what he was doing and that's why you feel this way because I get that they feel like it's a death. Like, that's why a lot of people online were like, why are they so sad? Why are they acting like he died? Why are they acting like this is like a f- memorial service? Like, but he he's a monster. Exactly. He did, because exactly. he will never be the same Jerry that they know. That's the thing. Because people, again, like, if you're just watching it online or watching it, whatever, from a Twitter, Twitter hands perspective, like, all you see is like, okay, yeah, what, you know, the, him as the perpetrator, him as the criminal and that's all you see it's like well you had no relationship with him i'm not saying that it's wrong but i understand why everyone like gabby and all of them had that deep reaction were crying because it's like the person who they knew is Mm -hmm. gone and he will never come back yes he's a character to us so some of us who like hold characters we love 
closely like might feel like it might take people like people might be sad you know when i was finding it out in the news i was like no way like no I was way like, shocked shocked and then there are other people who it's just a fucking character to me so fuck him i don't care like he, he's dead to me but these people knew him and like right. you said it is literally like the jerry they thought they knew is dead right. they will never talk to that jerry again yeah they will never have that that friend ever again because the person who is actually here is a monster right and it's like i can't talk to the monster like what the fuck am i supposed i can't that's it's so egregious and horrendous like it's worse than murder because it's like if he killed somebody maybe you could be like you know was it an accident like a you know manslaughter thing like was it was it i'm a passion or whatever yeah did he like like strangle your mom like i don't know like did he do something you know not jerry but did the person he like attacked like with violence do something where it's like damn he made a mistake but like that guy that he killed like touched his mom or something you know like something where it's like we can still talk to him and see that he is a human who made mistakes Mm -hmm. messaging and abusing sexually and Mm-hmm. Like a 13, 14, 15 year old boy, 16 year old boys. That is not something that you can wrap your head around. The most important thing is the safety of the children. And that was violated. Like their personal safety rights were violated. And I, I mean, I heard them when they were saying like, imagine being abused multiple times by this person, me and my twin brother, you know, that's a whole other level of things that probably created like another set of traumatic events amongst the two of them together, holding it from their mom and telling anyone. And then to see this man on television being interviewed by Ellen and being on the red carpet and all of that, it's just like being confronted with your mm-hmm. abuser and the abuse over and over and over right. again. Like, I, I know those children are in therapy, but I hope that they continue to like go pursue their healing journey. Cause it's really right. hard. They did the right thing too, because yeah. I mean, he was just never going to stop getting outside of that realm of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, some people compared like Trinity Valley and um, Navarre. They said it was like, bring it on. I, was just, I saw that. <laughs> and whatever. Trinity, it was uh, uh, whatever. Uh, Gabrielle Union School. Yeah, but both teams had black people on them. I guess the shining stars of Trinity Valley were black, though. Yeah. And that's why it was like, bring it on. Mm-hmm. I think also, too, it's interesting. And this might be tied into like the homophobic piece that people were bringing up, that they had like more black boys on their team that were like, mm. I'm just a tumbler. Like, I'm not trying to do all that rah-rah. I, I remember tumble. that was so funny to me. It was, and I was like, it was funny to me. And like, they ultimately did like that kid that was like, I'm not going to smile or whatever. It's funny. I think in the last thing, like he didn't smile when they were- He smiled the in his own way. He was like, yeah. Like, yeah, he gave yeah. attitude. And that's what they'd really meant. Like the smile they wanted, like he never really gave. It's mm-hmm. funny because they threatened to kick him off and they realized they couldn't because he was too good. But <laughs> too good. I, I honestly really liked him. I get it. You know, like yeah. to me, there's a line between homophobia and just like, you know, it is toxic masculinity that is interlaced with hom- homophobia, but it's not about, you know, I don't want to be, or I'm scared of this. It's just like, I'm not exactly comfortable like doing this, you know, mm-hmm. like when we watch Navarro and they talk about Navarro, all of the like black men on their, their team are gay. Right. So they had like, routines that they could really give attitude for they could like roll their neck like that guy did in the beginning of the routine Mm -hmm. they could like do a lot of like 
more like what people would view as feminine or flamboyant for sure moves Mm -hmm. that would attract judges because this is a performance, you know, it's a show. So yes, like that works for the team. But for people who aren't used to like, who literally don't have any dance background, Mm -hmm. they don't ever move like that. Literally, it's just, I love flipping. I love tumbling. Mm-hmm. I, I do cartwheels and all that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. That's all I've ever had to do. Right. And then you come in and your coach is like, you need to dance. And they were like, one of them said like, find your inner gay and do, I was like, yeah, no, that's, I don't that's know that that's fair to say. Cause it's like, they're, I mean, it's the kind of thing that I'm like, you're pushing these people almost to the point of like, where it's if if you're going to view their response as homophobic because you are forcing something on them that they're just like not comfortable with. Like mm-hmm. if I can't roll my neck and I've never rolled my neck and where I'm from, like straight men don't roll their necks. And mm-hmm. I've already come from like a toxic masculinity culture, but I'm trying to work against that by being a cheerleader. Right. By putting on this fucking uniform and mm-hmm. like having to cheer at games that right. I used to like play i used to play sports but now i'm a cheerleader like yeah you're seeing your teammates like it's a whole it's like it's already all that right it's all that exactly and it's like you can never excuse homophobia like that's not what people are saying i think it's like toxic masculinity the culture that these these are kids like they're 18 or 19 years old again not an excuse for homophobia but that the situation isn't homophobia it's them not being comfortable performing in this way because they've never had to do it yeah and like having to find their own style and maybe they the style that's being pushed on them is just not their style it's unfortunate that that style can be perceived as being gay and maybe i mean i mean could, it kind of is maybe it, it is, is gay, it's but it's not like him. but if it's like if that's something you don't feel comfortable doing that should not equate to homophobia that's a different thing if yes. he really doesn't feel comfortable around like his gay teammates or gay uh, other gay cheerleaders that's a problem Yes, it was. You know, he did go ahead and say, you know, I I came to Trinity Valley because the dudes there were dudes like mm. that could be taken uh, whichever way you want, because it that. is <laughs> like, what are you trying to say that like the people at Navarro aren't dudes? Right. They're not men like that right. is homophobic. That was yeah. a problem. Yeah. And I hope that in watching it back. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what social he has a social media account. I hope people weren't like flooding his mentions like with attacks, because if you want somebody to learn, you really can't be like, fuck you, you homophobic bitch. Like, we hate you. Like, that doesn't explain where was I homophobic? Why mm-hmm. was that homophobic? How should I have actually been talking about this? Right. Why was I uncomfortable being around gay men? I, right. I don't know. I don't even know if that phrase meant like. It's the men like the the men on that team at Navarro are gay and they're not dudes to me. Or if he meant more like the routines, like mm. we are more likely to but even see like even still being I like, know because it's like, yeah, Trinity Valley is more technical and they do more of like the flips, yeah. athleticism and stuff. I mean, not athleticism, but, you know, the technical yes. stuff and Navarro performs and it, it gives a show. I don't know. It's I think homophobic because like, he equates it to being yeah. a man, to being right. a dude. That's where it is. Not the fact that he doesn't want to be like, or whatever. Yeah, you don't have to want to like snap and roll your neck and be like, yeah. period. <laughs> like you don't have to like be like comfortable doing that. You could be like, that's not my thing. But when you start saying, I want to be around dudes and mm-hmm. like the dudes are over here, that is homophobic because you're saying the, the people on that team, they're not dudes. I also so, think he's like a kid and he just needs to be educated on like yeah. how he could word that better. Because exactly. I, if you challenged him and said, are you saying that the guys over there are not men? 
he wouldn't say that. I'm sure he wouldn't right. be like, yeah, he, he would be like, that's not what I meant. What I meant is like, you know, we're more masculine over here. We don't, you know, snap and roll our necks, which is like, okay, that's fair. Cause you know, there is masculinity, there is femininity. We all carry a little bit of both of both. We both, we all carry both. Right. It's just in different quantities. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a whole other discussion about. I like, know that's all other thing. We got a, like a whole bank of different topics. Toxic masculinity. Toxic. That. Well, yeah, I mean, that yeah. That's. I'll leave the cheer there because I I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed the season, and I thought yeah. people's negative comments were like just too much. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Because I always like going into like what people are saying in the hashtags about shows that I like, and if I disagree with it, then I log off. Mm-hmm. So, have you seen the the current? I feel like people are talking about Euphoria a lot more online. Now. Yeah, I don't I know haven't. if it got more popular or if it's like people are finally thinking more about it. Do you watch you? Have you ever watched Euphoria? No, mm-hmm. I've never watched it. I mean, so Euphoria, yes. it's a very popular show. It premiered. I feel like it premiered during the pandemic. Is that true? Something like remember. that. I can't remember. I just yeah, feel like girl, the, the pandemic's been five years long. Blur. It was just one day and then it was on. <laughs> so one day I was just at home all the time. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so Euphoria is a show. It's about a bunch of high schoolers. They're in high school. They're like 16 to 18 years old. And it centers around Zendaya's character, Rue, who is who went into her sixth, her her junior year, fresh out of rehab, quickly gets back on drugs she's a drug addict we see her background like her backstory it's one of those like um panel this multicast what is the word oh ensemble yes ensemble (laughs) it's a it's an ensemble cast so everybody gets their own background story their own episode kind of dedicated to them but we know that zendaya is the star yeah um and so there are other characters they don't really even matter what matters (laughs) is that everybody be naked on the show like except for zendaya Every except for Zendaya and maybe that one girl, I feel like almost every character has been topless. We've seen dicks, we've seen butt cheeks. When I watched the first episode, and we quickly see that actress named Sydney Sweetie, the blonde with the huge triple D titties, mm. she quickly t- like, like I mean, actually, the show started, and I feel like Alexa Demi, Alexis, that girl, Alexa Demi, I feel like she was topless first. And then um, at some point, Sydney Sweeney takes her top off and we just saw full frontal nudity. And I was like, whoa, like, why are we, you know, there was a time in Hollywood where like, you had to be like a big actress to feel comfortable to be yeah. naked. Like, it was like a, a Demi Moore in her like fifth movie has finally, right. you know, done this sex scene and it's such a big deal. And like, like it used to be a big deal. And now we have actors where this is their first breakthrough role and they're butt-ass naked on screen because some 40-year-old director is telling them to. Some, like, man who's gross is like, yeah, we're going to need you to take your top off. Like, it's weird. And so, like, I was caught off guard by all the nudity. Mm. There's a lot of it. They're supposed to be teenagers. There's a lot of drug use. You know, there are times when Zendaya's character is, like, high, like off of the wall high and they have like glitter makeup on her face and everything's kind of slowed down. And I'm like, they're literally glamorizing Glamorizing. drug use. Like exactly. You don't really see her rock bottom was just her like begging for drugs, but I'm like drugs. They make your teeth rot. They like ruin your skin. Like 
your eyes have all these like red lines on them. Like you look mm-hmm. crazy when you're an active drug addict. You don't look like Zendaya when you just you don't. Drugs. And that's one thing. Like I just I like so like I mentioned, I work in the inpatient unit and I see kids. I saw a 13 year old literally today who after he discharges from here is going to rehab because he's been doing like, oh, my gosh, I think cocaine at 13 speed at 13 like i saw another girl who like she had relapsed a week before she got admitted to the inpatient unit and her time in the inpatient unit was that like the only period of time that she had been sober since her like her relapse was like i don't know if they call it a bender i don't know but it was like six or seven months and she was 15 years old and she was doing heroin she was doing meth she was doing crack and cocaine the 13 year old baby he was doing crack it was just like and these kids always look older than their age i remember seeing the case come through and i was like okay 13 that's so young i see him on the unit he looks like a grown man and he looks weathered yes he looks so old and like he was very tall too but like in his face it looked like he had seen time and i was like golly sunken eyes and all that yes like where are the parents it was just really sad so i don't think that should be glamorized at all yeah it's they're suffering it's it's bad like it's really really bad and the people who like it there's two different types of people who like it so Mm -hmm. the people who are like the show is really catered towards gen z yeah people who are in their early 20s and i think they are confused because Mm -hmm. when they look at the actors they know the actors are like their age right so they feel like they're watching their peers so they are able to pretend that they're not watching 16 year old high school kids which is what's what's supposed to be that's what's supposed to be portrayed. They are looking and being like, oh, that was me in college or that looks like my friend or my friend was like, like they are so into the show because at this point, like porn is so normalized that they're right. kind of like like desensitized to unnecessary nudity and unnecessary sex scenes. Um, and yeah, they're looking at these people like, oh, they're my age. Like, cool, I want to see actors my age. And then there are the people who are like, this show's real. This is what really happens. High school kids really be like partying. High school kids really be having sex. Like you didn't have sex in high school. And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no. Well, a lot of us actually did our homework. And right. We're worried about making our parents proud. Exactly. <laughs> we, were, we were staying at home reading our book. A lot of us had were in AP classes and we could not. I, I couldn't even sleep over at somebody's house unless my parents knew them personally. Right. And even then. It's a whole thing. It was, I mean, I like, I, my closest friends at the time were like church friends. Cause those were the only people my, my parents trusted. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get with this idea. And it's like the, there's a specific episode in season one where the character Jules, I don't remember the, the girl who has like dark hair and she's like plus sized. One of them ends up, she's like plus sized and she ends up being like a cam girl Aww. and they glamorize her being a cam girl. But before she became a cam girl, she had told Jules, you know, I'm 16. I haven't had sex yet. And Jules goes, what girl, you need to catch a dick. Like this shit is serious. Like you're 16 and you haven't had sex yet. I was like, what message are they trying to send? Like, right. It's like, they're trying to 
when you have a popular show like this and you're portraying, portraying people, you're putting reality out there. Like you're putting these ideas onto people right. of what should be the expectation. You set the standard mm-hmm. the way that a lot of girls want to do their makeup like Euphoria now. And they they think oh, the show is so cool. And oh, like they think these characters are so interesting. And you're sending these messages that like drug use is normal. Underage drinking is just a part of life. Everybody should be doing it. And sex is just like, if you haven't had sex by 16, like, girl, what are you doing? Like, Mm. what? Like, insane. It's just so irresponsible and weird. And it reminds me, I don't know if you've ever heard of this movie called 13. I heard of it because Kirsten Stewart is in it, right? Evan Rachel Wood, but that's close. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) That's close. Um, Yeah, so Evan Rachel Wood was literally in it when she was 13 or 14. Okay. And the girl who, like, wrote it was Nikki... Nikki oh, that's Reed. why, because she was in Twilight with Kristen Stewart. Yes, there you okay. go. Nikki Reed is she was 13 or 14 at the time, too, when they sh- when they shot it. Mm-hmm. And she actually wrote the script. And her dad's like girlfriend at the time was a director and was like, let's make this into a movie. Let's let's, let's do this. And so they're actually underage and 13 and 14 and shooting these scenes where they're doing drugs and they're hooking up with boys. They have a scene where they like make out like mm. I've watched it and been like why are they doing like what who this is so horrible like they're underage and this show is like pretty this movie is pretty sexual and like about them doing drugs and but like people online love it they're like this shit's real this was me and my my friend at 13 like what we were doing i feel bad for you i'm like i don't want that why does this need it's not not every story must be told like (laughs) somebody else can go out shut how about cool this happened to you we don't need to see it because how is this affecting the whole world at large (laughs) like what effect is this not a lot of especially when you're catering to like gen z and to teenagers because even though this is supposed to be a show about teens that is supposed to be for adults yeah teens are watching it so let's not pretend that teens are not easily influenced and don't just model themselves after their favorite celebrities and tv actors like that was me like you build a whole personality around like i built a whole personality around like joseph gordon levitt and like john yeah (laughs) it was an era for all of us i feel like exactly until you grow up and you realize okay some of this shit is bullshit and let Mm -hmm. me i might as well figure out who i am yeah (laughs) so but like this you're sending messages to teens that are so bad and there was this tiktoker um i retweeted it on twitter so a girl had you know started a tiktok saying like hmm why is it that there are so many unnecessary like sex scenes in movies that Mm. don't advance the plot that don't give any insight to the story like it's not helping build any character like it's just there yeah and the guy was like the guy used green screen and was like so a lot of these sex scenes are like crafted by like 40 year old men or older, like a bunch of white men. And what happens is we're watching maybe 45 seconds and 45 seconds feels like forever. Right. We're watching 45 seconds on TV. They're watching it in real time. Yeah. They're seeing it being shot. And these scenes take like hours to shoot. Uh, these uh, actors are typically like completely naked, if not I mean, almost completely naked, but like a lot of times they are completely naked and they're simulating sex Mm -hmm. and they have to do several takes of it. Mm -hmm. They have to do it from different angles. Like they have to do this while the director and like whatever crew is on site is watching them. Right. Watching them do this. That's why a lot of actors will tell you like, 
sex scenes are actually really uncomfortable. Like right. they're not, they're not erotic. Like you might think it's actually really weird because I don't think they've gone as far to realize you're kind of like a porn star at that point when you got to mm-hmm. take all your clothes off and pretend you're like having sex while a bunch of people watch you and film it. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't add to the story. It doesn't do anything. It's just a director being like, so she's naked and right. he's naked and scene. <laughs> it's like, and I feel like, especially when it doesn't add to the story, it's not part of like any of the character development or anything like that. So in that, if, in that, like case it's just literally is it shock value is it like an attention check to get people like oh you know i don't know i think it's just the idea like the generic idea sex sells okay yeah and like somebody somewhere just i guess thought that people want i mean the american pie movies were super big yeah and they were literally just about people teens jesus teens i think teens i've never really seen them i haven't seen them teens wanting to have sex but see back then the movies weren't like a long 30 45 second like teens topless having sex and like oh my gosh there was this article that came out sydney sweeney again the big boobed uh blonde girl i don't even know what she looked like oh uh, yeah it doesn't even matter anyway. but she there an article came out where they she was interviewed and she said that she has had to like for this season i think the, the, the director, creator, writer, Sam, I don't know if he's a director every time. Sam Levinson mm-hmm. or Barrett. Okay, yeah. yeah. Sam Levin. I don't even fucking know his name. He gave her a lot of topless scenes and she had to be like, hey, like she said, she he she worded it like he actually listened to me. And, you know, I told him like I own like he only le- he doesn't make me do these topless scenes. I do them if I feel comfortable. But like I have you know, told him, hey, I don't think I need to be topless here. Or like, yeah. why am I naked here? I don't think I need to be naked here. Right. And he's been like, oh, yeah, OK, OK, we'll cut it. We'll take it out. And people were like, it was like 60 percent in the comments, people being like, why is he having her be naked so much? Right. Like, why does she, she need to be naked? And other the 40 percent were like, you're missing. Like, this is out of context. She's saying he's really cool about it. And he lets her decide for herself. Like, he's not making her. But it's like, why is it there to begin with? Right. Like, why is that? Why is to have an option about? I just picture it's like uh, internal. Cassie doing her homework. Titties are out. <laughs> or like um, okay. uh, internal. Cassie picks up the phone and calls McKay. Her boobs are in clear view. <laughs> Scene internal from the point of view of Cassie's boobs. <laughs> overheard like it's like what is she doing that she needs to be top like the first season they literally like stuff and I, I again like she when she started the show was like 21 22 like I think they're just so desperate for roles mm. that they say yes I will right. do whatever you need me to do and they right. when, it, when they're called on to take their clothes off they just suck it up because it's like this is how I get in like me being eager to say like I'll do anything you want puts me ahead of other girls who are like they know. um i don't want to do this or that you know apparently zendaya has like a her own clause where she will not do nudity like no matter what okay good yeah i mean like good for her because that's what she wanted and also it's part of her brand i'm sure yeah i mean girl she be in spider-man marvel movies she don't <laughs> yeah also it's funny because i'm like notice she's the only one i think who has this clause where she says no nudity no matter what, like I'm not yeah. getting naked. 
And she's the only one who's been nominated for an Emmy. And she's the only one who has an Emmy from the show. So it's like, so you don't need to get naked to get awards or to be noticed. Right. You can just be talented. And that is what pays off, not showing your tits or your butt or your genitals. Like that just like these people are playing you because you're taking your clothes off for these adult roles and you're not even getting nominated for anything. Like nobody's even paying attention to your performance because all they're doing is looking at your chest. Like, right. Especially if it's done so much. Like if it's ha- if it's like a point where like now that's that's what the show's known for. Mm-hmm. Naked teenagers. It's like it is though. Child, the- they, they said this second season is like even more nudity. Like they said there's even more sex happening. What? I mean, there's nothing wrong with like i mean yeah kids have sex or teenagers have sex whatever but it's like there are ways that you can demo to like illustrate that where it's not like full frontal all the time all the time exactly there are plenty of movies and shows that jenny and georgia show i didn't i you know what let me not talk about it because i didn't watch but i'm pretty Uh, sure they didn't have that girl take her top off and be completely full frontal naked like that's why this show is so weird it's like there is teen sex in every teen show outside of Disney Channel that you'll ever watch. Like, right, that's true. Secret Life of the American Teenager, um, Pretty Little Liars. Um, and you, did we even see the adults get naked like that? I mean, like, no, you saw, I mean, you saw Joe, but they were topless. Like, we Joe didn't, was we didn't see like Areola and like Dick. No, did we? no, I think it's like, yeah, you could only see Joe. Shirtless. Yes, you can simulate sex and not show everything. Right. You can also like kind of insinuate that sex has occurred without mm-hmm. having to see top like them, you know, like bare butted. Bare butted. Like you know when they do the sides, the side shot, and the girl, you can tell she ain't wearing no pants. Yeah. <laughs> or like, like how like they that. used to do, like in the nineties and stuff, where it's like they would go in a room and then fireworks would happen and a baby cry and then like. <laughs> Like, they made it like a funny thing yeah. like it was funny it's just weird like they're they're conflating tv with porn now because i i talked to you about this how like yeah. you know i watched hot girls wanted i believe that's the rashida jones produced oh, do- documentary, documentary. Yeah. yes about teen girls who aren't quite teens entering the sex industry how there's like a huge market for girls who are 18 Mm -hmm. to like 20 22 um to do porn and like the the category is just like teeny bopper whatever it's called porn where the whole point is i'm 18 and i just slept with my best friend's dad i'm 18 i'm i'm in high school i live with my parents like i'm a little girl (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like but the we know that for porn like the actors in porn have to be at least 18 Mm -hmm. so they are legal they're not actually 16 or whatever but it's like they like to cast people who look young so that they can cosplay as teens and so if you're watching that porn even if you are believing that they're 18 and they're legal as is required you're still looking at somebody who is pretending to be a teen get fully naked and they're talking about i live with my dad I'm a teen. Yeah. I'm having an inappropriate adult relationship right now. Like, well, like you're no. still choosing to watch it because it gets you off. Like you're you have this weird kink or something for that kind of thing. And how is euphoria any different than that when you are watching people who we know are older than you know 16, uh-huh. 17, 18, who are legally adults, but they are on this show saying, 
I just turned 16 or I'm a junior in high school. Watch me take my top off. Right. And like the problem with that is like, cause some people are like the people who would be like, well, I don't know why you have a problem about it. It's art. It's art. It's art. Okay. Let it be art. The issue is that there's, it's not, but I mean, I mean, I guess cause it's a film, whatever. I won't argue about if it's art with somebody because that doesn't make sense to me. But I, my problem is that there are people who watch the show and can like, there are people who watch the show and know that these are 20 year olds playing teenagers and they enjoy the show because and understand that fine. There are people who watch the show and the line between understanding that there are 20 year olds or 20 year old plus people the entire time and like really being in the world of the show and seeing 16 year olds doing these things. Some people watch the show for that reason. And that's a problem. And it's not even just that it's like, it promotes that world as well. Seeing kids in that age group doing those things that are inappropriate. I, that's where I'm like, that's not right. It's but just, I mean, it's very deliberate and weird. Cause yeah. you know, I was watching this, I was rewatching um, this video by this YouTuber, Kenny JD um, about euphoria and how she watched one episode of the first season and was like, I'm not watching anymore. Yeah. Um, they easily, all they had to do to make it less creepy was make their age a little older Put them in college. Mm-hmm. This is the same kind of stuff that would happen in college. Right. Why not like have in high school? Why not have it take place in college? And then it could be like, okay, we're watching adults, legal adults do this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to keep it as teenagers, just keep we don't need to see their titties and everything. Yeah. Like let's they can do just, all the things that teenagers do. It's just I don't need to see it full frontal. We don't need to see it so explicitly. Like yeah. it's just it's uncomfortable. So we're at time. Uh, <laughs> we, yes. We are way past time. So let's get into our deep thinks. Okay. So for a deep think this week, it's super quick and easy. Um, I was trying to think about it before because it's like, what should I do? I want to present on a deep present. God, grab <laughs> I want to do talk about how we can kind of make sure that we're being fair to ourselves, um, especially when we're talking to other people um, with a DBT skill called the FAST skill. DBT is dialectical behavioral therapy. And I use this skill with people who have trouble communicating their wants and desires to others. I use this skill on myself when I need to communicate my wants and desires to others because I recognize that I can be a people pleaser. And this skill kind of helps with maintaining those boundaries. So the FAST skill, FAST is an acronym where it helps you maintain your self-respect and requires you to be truthful about the problems you have um, and not sacrifice your values or your integrity. So the F is be fair. So you want to be fair to yourself and to the other person, validate your own feelings and wishes, as well as the feelings and wishes of the other person when you're explaining like a problem that you have with a person or you're explaining something you need from them. A- is don't over apologize. It's not like the easiest thing, but don't over apologize. <laughs> no apologizing for being alive or for making requests. And this is for folks who are just like, I'm so sorry. I'm even bringing this up to you. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so stupid for saying this. Like, no, you have wishes and rights. No apologies for having an opinion. No apologies for disagreeing. Don't look ashamed with your head down or body slump. Don't invalidate the, the valid. The S is stick to your values. So don't sell out your values or your integrity for reasons that aren't very important. Just be clear on what you believe and stick to that. And then the T is be truthful. Don't lie. Don't act helpless when you're not. Don't exaggerate or make up excuses. Be truthful about what it is that you want or what it is that you need. Don't feel the need to lie about it because that's not going to get you to where you need to be. So that's fast. Mm. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, my deep think is that... 
it is beneficial to find your YouTube community. Mm. Let me explain. In this time during the pandemic, since it started, I got into YouTube like I had never been into YouTube before. Like I know that people were into like, you know, bloggers, YouTubers, you know, the makeup girls, the gamer people. Um, those are the two big communities. I think the, <laughs> the makeup artists and the gamers and whatever like the family people who record all their time oh no we're not talking about them they don't <laughs> exist why are they always why does every biracial or like interracial uh, couple have a fucking tiktok or youtube channel to talk about problem. it that's the next it's thing it's so weird oh my gosh do you know julesy have you heard of julesy yes okay she did a video about like biracial people fighting for their life on tiktok and like proving that their great 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 grandfather was it's a problem it's a problem for those people not all biracial people but just those people who have to fight to prove it yeah it's just weird when i see i come across a random tiktok in my discovery or whatever and it's a couple and it happens to be like it's always when it's a black woman and a white man seems to be but it comes across my discovery whatever and they do something and i'm like oh that's cute and then i look at the fucking uh profile name and it's like Maddie and Eric. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why do you have a TikTok with your boyfriend? Like, what is that? Shit is so weird. I'm like, that's even tame. Not the ones that are like kimchi and jalaf with those interracial couples and stuff. Namaste, wahala. (laughs) (laughs) You did? I watched it. I was like, I'm a hundred percent sure that phrase does not make any sense. It doesn't. Namaste, wahala. (laughs) You just pick two random words. The movie wasn't good. It was they cute. Up together, they don't. They do did. That. They did. Yeah, That's and they had good. a big Nolly- Bollywood, Nollywood wedding. I think that that Indians and Nigerians together is bomb. That seems like perfect yeah. match. We got like the same fucking skin tone. We both <laughs> come from very conservative, pressure-filled backgrounds. Mm-hmm. We're big both wedding. like education is everything, right? Why can't we? <laughs> Why can't we make it work? Anyways, um, where was I? Yes, find your YouTube community. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, for me, I really enjoy people who review movies and TV shows. Mm. Um, I enjoy Black YouTubers a lot. Kenny JD is amazing. She does this YouTube series every Saturday. She posts a video called Beauty and a Beat. Mm-hmm. So she does her makeup, and she's really good at it. Some of these girls be like doing get ready with me's and whatever, and I'm like, I know, sweetie. You're doing either the same look every time or the look you're doing is not good. No, pack it up. (laughs) What is it? Hang it up. Flat screen. (laughs) Please. It's not good. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, just say, just keep, put your, just have your makeup on and just talk. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't have to show us. Just come already ready. Yeah. But Kenny JD is so good. And she also apparently is like an artist and she has a, she has, she, her Spotify account is under Kenny, K-E-N-N-I-E. So she's really cool. Um, Rodney, the voice who I talked about before, he reviews all the um, reality TV that I watch and he's just very funny. Again, I love people who are like, just have wisdom and they're down to earth and they just like, things that I'm like, yes, this is what I need to hear. So like, he's great. Erica De Niro, she's great. She also reviews the reality TV shows I like and pop culture as well. Um, then there are other people. There's some other like movie reviewers I've started to watch, like Alex Myers. He does these cute little cartoons. Oh, I've seen his videos before. Yes. He's yeah. like, it's really cute and funny. He has a podcast about where he gives relationship advice that I might check out. I don't need it. Not because I need it, but no. So I funny. actually listened when he was married. He had a podcast with his wife. Oh, he's not married anymore? 
No, I think they divorced. And now he's a girlfriend. <sighs> I, I get so bummed when I hear that somebody Hi. I thought was married is no longer married, but has a girlfriend. There is this YouTuber. Dylan is in trouble. He's pretty funny. He <laughs> gives me like, like probably you were really dorky and awkward throughout you know, junior high and high school and maybe even college. Mm -hmm. It just became good looking maybe like four years ago. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but like you're, because you're now good looking, you're a fuck boy. <laughs> like, you know, and okay. Last time, I'm sorry. I keep butting in. The only thing I'll no, say keep about going. him. Okay. The only thing I'll say about him. I remember, I remember watching some of his videos. He had a friend who would be on some of his like videos, this black girl. <gasps> you remember that? Is I saw one. Okay. No, I didn't know she was in more than one. Yeah. Like multiple. Oh, so it was clear that what? Oh, that he like was in love with her. It and was she, clear to me that they were dating. I don't know if they were dating. Maybe they were dating. Okay. Maybe that's what happened. That because like I've seen quite a few, not every one of his videos, but like, I feel like I've seen several or like kind of quite a few at this point. And mm -hmm. when she was in, when she came up and she was in one that I saw, I was like, he never has a guest. Oh. He never, ever has other people talk with him. Like, he seems very not conceited, but like, you know, as, like a YouTuber, you like to hear yourself talk. Like, he gives that vibe that he thinks he's so fucking funny and he doesn't yeah. need anybody. And when she was there, it gave like you can tell when men and women are actually friends and when mm. it's like, no, we're dating or we're about to date mm. because friendship is like we can laugh with ease and we obviously have something in common. Like we have similar thought patterns, right? We have similar points of reference mm -hmm. when we're making jokes. Um, like we're just poking fun at each other. I've never been friends with a guy and we didn't like laugh at each other. You know, right. like it's just a whole different vibe when it's not that it's very obvious because one of them has to is constantly explaining something to the other. Yes. Um, the jokes don't match up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's no ease of I can make fun of you. Right. The, I, if there isn't I'm making fun of you, it's in an obviously like flirty kind of negging way, maybe. Like they didn't seem comfortable <laughs> in the video yeah. that I watched. It very much seemed like it didn't even seem like they'd been dating that long. It very much gave like he obviously maybe to impress her, invited her onto his lucrative yeah. YouTube channel to do yeah. this. Cause I was like, she didn't need to be here. This is kind of like the wackest video because <laughs> he wasn't on, like he wasn't being fully like letting the fucking chopper sing with the jokes. Like yeah. he was kind of holding back and watching what he was saying and trying. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you know, her point of view was like not synonymous with his in my opinion. It just didn't seem like two people who were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Remember that thing? Like, mm -hmm. like how real friends are, but more like a, yeah, it just felt awkward, but yeah. yes, I've seen some of his, um, uh, Elvis, the alien. He's pretty, he's another one of the douchey nerdy Reddit ones. Oh, I've like, heard of that one. He's just, you know, he again is like a reviewer. So mm -hmm. I got into movie reviews because like there are horror films that I would love to see, but I can't, I can't cause they're too scary. Yeah, yep. And there are like movies that I have seen that I, I just love talking about movies and I love hearing people talk. So like people like him who do seem like very reddity, but they're pretty witty <laughs> and they point out a lot of funny things. Mm -hmm. And so like, I will put his videos on in the background um, to like hear him talk about whatever movie he just dumps on everything, everything is stupid to him but it's pretty funny um yes so find your youtube community because you just it's just so nice to fill in the gaps yeah with people who don't quite feel like friends but like you can just kind of distract yourself with i often watch youtube while i work so that yeah. it's just like it's kind of like a podcast but mm -hmm. like with video um so that's my deep think it went on a little bit longer than i hoped <laughs> but <laughs>
I have interrupted you, so that's probably no, no, no. You're good because I'm excited <laughs> that you knew who I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that is all for this episode. You, you, you people. People, I know nice. you people. Who you call you people? <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I was watching uh, the Proud Family yesterday. I'm going to be watching it again, and there, uh, there was like a joke or something that was like that, and it was funny. I was like, man, they don't make shows like this, you know. Okay, really quick, what are your top three favorite Proud Family episodes? Oh, okay. Um, the Habaragani, the Kwanzaa one. You like that one? Yeah. <laughs> Emoja. Emoja. <laughs> Purpose or whatever. <laughs> that was funny. The one um, when. Penny became a superstar. Oh yeah, when Penny, yeah. Penny. Um, and what was honestly, I like the spelling B one. Okay, the spell the Aquila and the B one. Yeah, they do. <laughs> like Daddy, ain't nobody care about this old spelling bee. My number one of all time is the country cousins one when for BB and Cece's baptism. Oh no, you're right. Cut the spelling bee out. No. <laughs> Put that one again. That one had all the guest stars. It had Anthony oh. Anderson. Yeah, Anthony Anderson. Monique. Monique. Yep. Cicely Tyson. Yep. Wendy Raquel Robinson. Mm-hmm. Solange. Yes. Cedric the Entertainer, of course. He's constant, consistently like a guest star. The reboot, I think I heard, is premiering next month. <gasps> already? Oh my gosh, I'm so ready. Yes. No, they had, this has been talked about for like almost a year, it's felt I know, like. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so like six months ago, they had said it was the, their heart, their soft date was like February 2022. So that's next month. That's next month. And we'll see what it looks like. I'm gonna watch the whole thing. I'm gonna watch it regardless. Regardless. I'm gonna watch it regardless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.